might I add, Dr. Carroll always comes in here and he's like, well, what are we going to talk about today? I'm like, I don't know, record. And you always say that, but we always end up having these great podcasts. Can I share a text message I just received from a couple of podcasts ago that you'll be pleased about? I have not heard anything of this. This is exciting. This is really exciting because I just got it probably two hours ago and here we are recording. Awesome podcast. Love the new episode. Literally spit water all over my keyboard when you talked in your stoner voice. Very insightful dialogue as well. Good stuff. What stoner... He man, remember whenever we were talking about, I was trying to explain, you said, what does it mean, this was a few episodes ago, to be human? And I was like, man, you just like be able to experience like love and the feelings that our species, you know, can can actually experience that no other can. And I was like, yeah, man, like the, this, yeah. I do remember that. Anyway, thank you to a uh, good friend, Mikey, uh, for, for that kind encouragement to Dr. Carol and myself. Thanks That's, for listening. Yeah, it's awesome. And, mm-hmm. you know, we just experienced and, and celebrated 70. Here we are at seven one. I mean, it just you just keep rolling. Yeah, you keep rolling. Well, we have some good things in store. We do. I think that y'all will appreciate some things that are coming. Uh, one or two episodes from now. Yeah, the so. carrot the carrot has been dangled of a few times, but you know, for those of you who have listened avidly, then you may know what we are kind of insinuating here. As we approach uh, our one hundredth episode, uh, we're we're excited uh, for a little giveaway. Program. Yeah, like we should give away like a car or something. Okay. I volunteer the newest purchase to the fleet that you uh, possess in in your leasing program to be given away to to an avid listener. Really? Yeah. Uh, I'm not on board with that yet. Megan Morris. (laughs) I drew her name from a bag. (laughs) She is the new winner. Congratulations, Megan. You are the recipient of a nice vehicle. Nice. Thank you. See, yeah, see how the that giveaway was, program works. Yeah, that was very. That was that. God was in my favor on that. We do have some coffee mugs and things that will be coming your way mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. around that 100th episode, which you know we release two a week. Uh, so that should be tomorrow. Tomorrow. So Absolutely. Those are my math skills. I did hear from a listener this week who was genuinely concerned for us because there wasn't an episode. Uh, on that Friday that we that we were forced to miss because of my schedule, and it was so sweet, like genuinely concerned. Well, that's very thoughtful of them. The stars did not align one time in our podcasting lives. Oh yeah, no, no bigs. But, no, but absolutely. the fact that they were like, "Oh, we were worried that y'all were okay. We thought sure. maybe there was a problem with one of the families." And I thought that's really kind, you know, that they really care. Genuinely care. Sure. Well, we're flipping things up a bit. If you've been listening until the end, now I'm saying it at the beginning. Be sure to visit youldietrying.com. Be sure to visit facebook.com forward slash youldietrying. Go to your uh, app and listen. Uh, Not only that, but please click the five star. Leave us a review and share this podcast with someone or someone's whom you love. You may not have to love them, but if at least like them, please share it with them. Unless you don't like them and you're wishing this podcast on your enemy. Right, then share that on them. We're still grateful you're sharing it. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm Nathan. I'm Jonathan. This is You'll Die Trying. Hit it.
Thank you, Brent Lane. Absolutely. Next time Brent's here and is in the studio, we're all going to have a live sing-along instead of uh, our, our traditional jingle. We're just going to sing it together. I'm all for that. Before we dive in, let me also say, please download, consider downloading the Anchor app on your device. Because what you could do is you can voice message us, Dr. Carroll and myself. You just search You'll Die Trying, our podcast there. And then from there, you can record a voice message. It literally can be featured in an upcoming episode of You'll Die Trying. You can tell us a joke. You can ask us a question. You can give us a topic that you would like for us to discuss. And you know we try to take that seriously and discuss it carefully and thoughtfully. So anchor.fm forward slash You'll Die Trying. And look at the voice message. Send us one. What are we going to do today, Dr. Carroll? What are we going to blow people's brains with today? Well, <clears throat> I've been doing a little thinking. <laughs> this is always, When do you not? <laughs> this is always dangerous. I think I'd like to talk a little bit with you about uh, kind of leaning into that business uh, mindset today. We are recording uh, at the, what is the end of, uh, of the week uh, and I think this will air at the end of the week too, right? Doesn't that blow your mind? Gosh. Anyway, so uh, so anyway, this is the kind of this is the time of the week when I start thinking about um, creating more income streams. Okay, tell me more. Is this something that you think about? Yes, every day. Tell me about it. Uh, I was told by a mentor that you make a little bit of money on a lot of things. You have your hands in a lot of, what do you call it? Someone told me one time, they're like, hey, you've got too many irons in the fire. Don't get involved in too many things. And I always was taken aback by that because that's silly. I think creative people, go-getters, are, want to be, should be involved in many of things, whether growing their business and all the facets of their new business or whatever. Any hootskies, I don't know why I said that, but I believe that you make a little bit of money on a lot of different things and you'd be involved in a lot of stuff. Yes, I wholeheartedly fully believe, and there, there's a lot of power, I think in, in part, there's a lot of power in just doing, doing the thinking that's required um, and, and trying to be as, as creative as, as one can be. So if you were given the gift of creating a passive income stream tomorrow, what, what would it be? So, so someone just says, here you go, here's some passive income? Someone says, here's, here's a business here's an idea. for passive income? Someone says, here's an idea, take this and run Oosh. with it. This is something that you can do that requires very little of your time and energy, but allows you to, in, to increase revenue. I mean, there's so many things at the ready. I mean, starting an Etsy account where if you're a creative, you can go and literally create like commissioned wood pieces or if you want to sew or knit. For like, you though. Oh, well. What are, what's something you're passionate about that may or may not be directly involved with what you do on a day-to-day, -day, but that could meet a need and create revenue? Well, I don't know how it would. I'm super passionate about law enforcement, and my appreciation for that, I'm super passionate, obviously, about music, you yeah. know, which I utilize social media with music and with YouTube and putting out videos and right. songs on iTunes. And um, I'm let's thinking, circle back to me, and you why don't you tell me one of yours? This is something that we could 
actually do together, uh, and that is to create an online course. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that so, would be awesome. You know, we could do uh, it could be video content, could be subscription service, uh, or I think we give away free content and then have premium subscription service for kind of next level thinking, right? So let's say, for instance, just as a as an example. Um, starting your own podcast. There are a thousand million videos on that, right? And everybody who does that claims to have millions and millions of listeners and whatever, but they don't have as many as we do. We have 1.3 billion listeners. This is something that we could do. We create a video where we talk from the bottom, from scratch, how do you get this off the ground? Anchor.fm, what kind of equipment do you need? How expensive? How much money do you want to set aside? Do you want this for as a hobby or do you want this to create income? How to get advertisers? Like that would be a video. that, And then that would be free. And then we would have that second tier where you have kind of next level thinking available to people who would pay for a premium subscription service. And, and that gives us time together where we might meet in a, on a kind of regional or whatever, multi-state meeting, and we all talk about this stuff, and we come and we bring our thinking. Um, that, like, that's just one example. Right. Now, that's not exactly passive because that would involve, you know, us being somewhere, but it would be additional. Mm-hmm. Um, an ebook. A lot of people read ebooks. Uh, tons of people. People deserve free content. Give them the free content and then create next level work and offer that for, again, a subscription or for a nominal fee. But again, if you have 100,000 people who are interested in a couple of things that you have to say and you're giving them this ebook for $2.99, $5.99, you know, that isn't too shabby for doing some good thinking and putting it in a format that people can access. Yeah. So that gets me kind of excited. And that to me is one of the things that rolls around in my head during the weekends because during the week I'm... I'm just, you know, hour by hour by hour by hour, 7 a.m. often to 7 p.m. Not always that, but there are a lot of days that it is that with clients and with patients in the office. I just don't have the opportunity to do it. The weekends is when I kind of let those thoughts scroll through in my mind. And anybody in any industry, any profession, any discipline, any field who has even the slightest smidgen of the entrepreneurial muse whispering in his or her ear could come up with additional income streams, turning what you love into something that earns you some income. That gets me excited. Well, I've been excited because it kind of segues because I was reading a lot about, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we've been grinding on this podcast just since September. Um, and the amount of people, like we've said time and time again, that come and listen to what we have to say in hopes of encouraging you and lifting you up is just astronomical. And we thank you for that. It's crazy. We want more of you out there to listen. And actually, you know what they say to do? Just keep uploading. Just keep uploading. Keep this consistent schedule that we have created Yeah. Tuesdays and Fridays, right. like clockwork. Right. And we hope to become a part of your morning routine. Mm-hmm. You know, as you brush your teeth. Speaking of, the reason it segues is because he's talking about some of the passive income, which it won't be a lot, but we will be offering our listeners the opportunity to purchase your die trying mugs Mm -hmm. and other forms of merchandise. Uh, It's it's really exciting times. It's really exciting. Nothing is impossible, right? Nothing. Just do it. 
I think too, in in terms of thinking about podcasting, mm-hmm. I think like what would have been helpful for us to have done on that day that we missed. Of course, what's important is that we we have recorded consistently and faithfully enough that we have we don't miss those times, right? But when we do, what would have been helpful too is just to drop a line, you know, have a little bit kind of a trailer that does show up in people's RSS feed or their connection to to uh, their digital content that's, uh, you know, where we're saying, hey, we're not able to provide you a, Sorry. a full-on episode today because things are going crazy. So here's something we want to think about. We want you to think about. We're going to come back to it soon. You know, we really appreciate you listening. So, so even something just like that, I think, just to let people know, hey, we're in it to win it. We're not going anywhere. This is just kind of a crazy time. I think that's super helpful. I know that when I follow people whom I to whom I subscribe, whether it be on YouTube or podcasts it's it is weird when it's like oh we've i've been giving content every week and then all of a sudden a couple of weeks go by and it's like oh here's the next one and there's no real explanation for well what happened last like they don't owe me anything you know i just come to expect wow. so as a consumer it's i think it's helpful that we listen to ourselves as consumers as we become suppliers we are suppliers of content but we are also consumers of content. Consumers have expectations. They're clearly articulated. Suppliers have um, regimens of, of delivering of those supplies. Those are clearly articulated. Tuesdays and Fridays, Tuesdays and Fridays. Friday comes, there's nothing. As a consumer, what in the world happened? As a supplier, just to let you know, we're on it. We know it. We'll see you Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Here's a little something to think about while you're, while you're waiting. You know, that would have been kind of, I think, clever on our part right. and it's oversight and we're always learning. But I just think thinking of us as a consumer as well as as a supplier uh, gives us a little bit of a closer connection, keeps our finger on the pulse of what it is that people are looking for. Yeah. Which does bring up the topic of expectations. Something that we've talked about before, something we probably always need to circle back around to, expectations as fuel for the fire's of frustration. And Are we having a DTR moment? A defining the relationship? I totally got what you were saying. I remember that in the seventh grade, my first DTR. Yes. That didn't go well. <laughs> that's funny. What's, uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, Are, do we need to? No, I just oh. thought that's what I was thinking you were doing. Like, are we defining the relationship for the expectations? With our listeners? With our listeners. Oh. Yeah. Maybe we should. Let's do it. Okay, let's let's have a DTR. Okay. What do you think our listeners most long for? Well, that's simple. I mean, I don't mean in life as in like oh, air. With, with us. Yes, within the context of this relationship. I think they long for a nugget each time they come. So content. Yeah, they long to hear something that's thought provoking. Mm-hmm. They definitely long to hear me say something stupid. I think because that's <laughs> just a plus. And if you who are subscribed to this, then you've done so because I've either said something stupid or Dr. Carroll said something thought provoking and humorous. So that's kind of how it is. I think that that sticky thing is what they expect. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think they like our banter and our friendship. It's flowy. It's real. It's, it's real. It that's is for real. sure. I mean, I mean, we are literally, ladies and gentlemen, friends. Like, we don't just hang out no. when we record. This is 
exactly the conversation we would be having if there weren't microphones in our faces. And headphones on our heads. Yeah, which you rarely wear yours because of the sensitivity of the hair. (laughs) Which I get it. That's so stupid. It is so true, yet so stupid. We all have our our things. Yeah, but I think those are the things that they expect from us. So a nugget, something to hold on to, Mm -hmm. something to pin some hope to, something to chew on and be thoughtful about. We're kind of like a boy band. No. Hold on. Everyone has their favorite boy band member. No, they really don't. (laughs) I could go down the list of people who like our Facebook page, and I could tell you easily 50% of them couldn't care less about boy bands. No, that's not what my point was. My joke was that m- most everyone's going to like you, but with you, they have to have me. It's kind of like I'm A your, package deal? Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at it's in a funny way. Okay. Everyone thought Justin was the best. That's Justin who? Timberlake. In sync. In sync, yeah. Yes. He just graduated with his doctorate of music from Berkeley College of Music, that's as did Missy Elliott. Wow. Isn't that awesome? I put my Congratulations, down, JT in and Missy. Yeah. E. E. You like that? Yeah. Missy E. E. I like her. Yeah. She's good. Yeah, she is good. Anyway, a doctorate uh, of music, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's very impressive. Yeah, it is. I would like to get in his brain and how he hears notes and things to formulate compositions. I think songwriting must be a very taxing, depressing and rewarding career. Probably. And I think very few people actually ever make anything out of it. It's a competitive world. (laughs) Yes, it is. Speaking of competition and competitiveness, don't you think that's kind of what makes the whole thing work? Like when you think about your profession, when I think about mine, I mean, I don't, there is a professional integrity standard I think, among all professions, really. But I buy into it fully that I would never speak unfavorably, unkindly, or disrespectfully of of somebody who does what I do. And right? this would be a competitor, essentially? It, I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. It's probably not as clear as it might be in your world because, first of all, there are a lot of us. I mean, you know, there there are relatively few options for people who live in this region with regard to funeral homes. But when it comes to therapy, it is a, the market is glutted, saturated. So yes, yes and no, because there are people who kind of specialize and it's just not as clear cut to say they're competitors, but to some extent, yeah, for the sake of argument, absolutely. And I would never say anything. And, and people talk about their experiences with previous counselors when they come to me and and, uh, you know, all I want to do is kind of take what was best about that experience and build on it. I don't really have a desire to to beat that person down. I certainly don't think anything less of them. If I were to see them out in public, I'm not thinking, oh, yeah, you're the one who several of my clients used to go to and they don't like, like, that's not how that works. It's, we are, we come alongside people on their journey at certain parts of the journey. I, for whatever reason, NASCAR just popped in my head. I have no idea. But the pit crew all has a, they all have a job. Everybody has a job, right? They're not really competing. They're working as a team. And I think someone's mental health should be approached 
in the same way, that somebody did what they did for and with you as long as they did it and they fulfilled their obligations and they did their part. And now it's my turn to do my part, right? Right. Off come the lug nuts, off come the wheels. On the new wheel, on the lug nuts. So it's a, there's a, a sequence. There doesn't have to be a competition. But when it comes to free enterprise and market-based capitalism, which is scary thinking of it as a theologian, but thinking of it as a business person, it's exciting. And that's that's I hold that in attention. That kind of confuses me a lot. But comp- competition is what drives success. I love competition. I think I've referenced that before. I love, <clears throat> excuse me, that our competitors raise the bar. And it's like, okay, I need to exceed that. Absolutely. And I've actually been... Uh, told in in a market that you know you're co- you copy no, everything has been done there's nothing new under the sun nothing. ecclesiastes literally nothing there's not an original thought no we all stand on the shoulders of giants do you need other like quotations about no i don't like, because it's literally lots. like it was the probably the most ignorant thing ever because it's like well one you didn't invent a funeral <laughs> Right, I mean, you didn't create the funeral. This has been going on for millions of years. Millions really. of years. Uh, so that was that was always humorous, and I I like telling that story. Uh, but I don't even know what I was getting at. What was I? How you love competition? I love it, and how it, it raises the bar. It's not. Imagine you're at a poker table, right? And right. somebody has something, and you think you know what it is, but you're not sure, and you have some evidence, but not really. And they put a lot of money on the table, and you're like, okay, I see you. And I raise you some. I think I can do that, and I think I can do it even better. Hundred percent. That's that's how I think every single day, and I love it. And if I see competitors out in public, I want to shake their hands. That's great. I think it's awesome. We're doing this. We're in it together. We're doing this together. I'm not taking. Maybe I am. Maybe I am taking food off of your plate from a financial standpoint because you know maybe you're losing right. market share. But that's not me. That is. That's the market. That's the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I lie awake sometimes. And I know that there are people who do what we do who are listeners. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah. And at the same time, I, I, well, I just think it's important that we have this conversation with them because I don't know that we would ever have this conversation face-to-face, right? Um, it's never personal. It's never about another person, their story, their family, or the way they do what they do. Our biggest competitors are who we were yesterday. I have to be better today than I was yesterday. And then I have to be better the day after that. That's the real competition. So, you know, why not get together and build each other up? Remember we talked that one time about the guy, the plumber, who invited all the other plumbers to his place for an open house? And they were all like kind of angrily competitive against one another and then he had this open house and they didn't talk about anything they just came there was beer and they just talked and enjoyed each other and then they started doing that like once a month and this guy's uh annual revenue like skyrocketed because he became open to those people who also do what he does there's enough there's enough to go around bread for everyone and everyone who's listening including myself said well if i did that no one would come so I'm going to challenge pe- that People thought. are saying, yes, and, and I think, you know, there are people who talk about us, I'm sure, probably negatively. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't take that personally. Right, Actually, I, I see it as flattery. 
Mm-hmm. Because if I'm occupying their minds, that must mean that there there is some sense that, hey, maybe this guy's decent at what he does. I like him. He's so nice. <laughs> ah. I'm ah. so mad at hey, myself. Man, he's so when I was in seminary, a professor brought in a loaf of bread. We were in a, in a, a classroom that had graduated flooring. And there were probably seven levels, long, skinny tables, probably 50 people in the room. The class was called Baptismal Identity and Eucharistic Mission, right? So it's a sacrament class, first year. And he brought in a loaf of bread and he handed it to the first person and he said, here, share this with the class. It got down one table and halfway down the next and all the bread was gone. He didn't say a word. Nobody said a word. Next day came in, same thing, same loaf, gave the loaf. It went all the way down the first row, all the way down the second row, hit one person on the third row. The bread was gone. Third day, same thing. It went all the way down the third row this time. At the end of the week, it finally made it all the way to the top. When Jesus fed the 5,000, the miracle for me isn't that Jesus made 5,000 portions of bread where there was only two or three. It's that people had the audacity to share. Finally, the people in the front row weren't taking huge chunks. They were taking just enough so that there was still plenty for people behind them. The miracle is that they shared. It doesn't have to be miraculously, magically appearing bread. It's that Jesus taught people how to share. And they were like, hey, this is enough for me. So there's enough for you too, right? Mm-hmm. I like to think about that in terms of business, in terms of strategy, in terms of customer service, in terms of uh, human resources, in terms of the way that we do what we do and excellence and providing care. You in the funeral world, me in the therapy one. It's not that there isn't enough. There's plenty. We just have to learn how to share. Why not share knowledge? Why are we thinking everyone's guilty of corporate espionage? Right. Because you're, you know, trying to uh, promote your your business in a, in a way that may be unconventional, may, because maybe I'm using social media in a way that other people in my line of work haven't. Like, that's not espionage. That's not a conspiracy. That's not me trying to get around the law and find a loophole. That's me just saying, hey, here's something that I'm offering, and if you'd like to make use of it, you're welcome to, you know. We're here. I'm here. Doesn't have to be so negative. Doesn't have to be so cruel or mean or personal. Right. Yeah. The funeral world is is like that. The competitiveness and it's like I'm going to keep all my knowledge to myself and the ways in which I serve exceptionally. I'm not going to tell anybody else in my field because I don't. Why? Because I don't want them to take care of their families that way either. I mean, it's just very odd to me. I, I love it. I love, I've had mentors and, and you know, I'm young still, so I wouldn't say I'm mentoring anyone yet. Maybe mm-hmm. I am and I don't know it. However, you know, when people call and have, want to know ideas and things like that, give it to them. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, I love it. I think that is the coolest story about the bread. Mm-hmm. And I think it's beautiful that you said it wasn't the 5,000 pieces. It was the fact that people shared. That was the miracle. Wow. That's that's impactful, man. Thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. So that, that's just what I've been thinking is, you know, what is it that we can share? What is it that we have that we can share? And is there a way that we can use that to benefit not only ourselves, 
but others. I no, think that's, knowledge. Yeah. Knowledge is absolutely. It's not just the poster that hung on your eighth grade wall. You know, outside Miss Sturmer's class about you know knowledge is power. Yeah, like it, it legitimately is. Yeah, the older I get, the more I realize that no one can take that away from me. Mm-hmm. That's what the character. Oh my gosh, what's his name in Game of Thrones? Oh my gosh, I don't know. I haven't watched it. It's kind of like Tyrion Lannister. In one of the episodes, I think it was season three or season four, he's sitting there, maybe it was season two, but the, he's talking about how his siblings are, you know, an incredible warrior and beautiful and all these things. And he is a, a short man, you know, born with, in this instance, especially during his time, a disability. And he said, you know, he has knowledge. Mm. And because uh, he reads all the time, and mm-hmm. he's like, "You can't take that from me." Yes, and that, that was so powerful. so powerful. Like it was, t- he was talking to uh, a younger—I don't know if they were just like a squire or what. It was beautiful, and I've just, that stuck with me. That Tyrion says that you know they have this, they have this, but I have knowledge. That's I read so a lot good. because I had knowledge. So good. You literally can take my possessions. You can take my money. You can actually go and you know take all these things from me. You cannot take the intelligence that I have accumulated. And that comes from people like you, Dr. Carroll, and, and you, our listener, who are sharing it. What's something that you know, something that you learned that you're willing to share? Within, within my world? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, this is very free. Is this a company secret? No, I, I don't mind to give that one, but this is the first thought. Okay. It is not rocket science to take care of someone. Mm-hmm. Hospitality 101. People are people. Mm-hmm. The end. The end. First impressions for the most part nowadays, here's my trade secret, are not face-to-face. They're verbal, uh, uh, audible phone calls. Uh, so if you are not trained with phone etiquette, if you have ever called a business, if it's your business or somewhere that you work and it wasn't a pleasant interaction, go to the person that makes the decisions and that implements two policies and procedures, new policies and procedures, and get them to train on phone etiquette because that is their first meeting of you. That's so true. We work excruciatingly hard on phone etiquette all the time, talk about it, mm-hmm. and circle back all the time. One of my friends said he has a young family and every three months they meet in his family room and they said, in the event of a fire, what's the procedure? And he points on one of his kids and they reminds them on what to do in the event there's a fire. And they know it. And they, they know, know it. it by the back of their hand because they rehearse it, they practice yes. it, they've memorized it. Yes. They know it by heart. Yes. I think when you do your job by heart, not meaning it's rote, memorized, ritualized, but meaning you believe in it and you have everything of you in it. You're fully and primally invested. When you do what you do by heart, that's what sets you apart from everyone else. That, that's it. Couldn't have said it better myself. I think space matters. So this is something that I know is that healthcare professionals like me and millions of others, should not have outdated magazines in their waiting rooms. Absolutely correct. What does that say to your patients who are waiting 
when they have a magazine from six or nine months ago. They're not detail-oriented. It means we had this at our house, and we looked at it first, and then we brought it here, and so here you go. Leftovers. Leftovers. You are not a priority. So you can always tell because the address that's digitally scanned on the cover of the magazine will be blacked out because it went to their home. And they looked at it and then they brought it. My magazines have 318 St. Elizabeth Street, the clinic at the Montgomery on them. And they rotate out, don't they? Constantly. Every week. Time Magazine comes like faster than I can change my pants. So I have <laughs> lots of them. But And I did that because uh, one of my daughters was doing a subscription fundraiser for school. Yeah. And so I said, just pick a couple that you think would be good. And she picked Time. And uh, there was, oh, an Entrepreneur Magazine, which is wonderful. So yeah, I'm constantly moving. Garden and Gun, another great one. Veranda is a really good one, you know, for interior design and beautification. Garden and Gun is kind of cultural, southern style, but, you know, it's accessible by all cultures. Uh, Time Magazine is just kind of a news. I don't know that it's conservative or liberal. I don't, I don't really know. It just is. So it's a long-lasting magazine, and someone else gave it to me. And then uh, entrepreneurs, you know, some business strategy and yeah. stuff. I have Psychology Today. That comes by virtue of my being um, a practitioner on their website. So I think having updated magazines, all of you who are healthcare professionals, legal professionals, if you have magazines in your waiting room, go sort them out. Another thing that's important to me, when clients call, they talk to me. They don't talk to a staff person. And that's hard to be, uh, that's kudos to you. That's- it's hard. It's hard. It's, um, it, it requires uh, a lot. It's a lot more time than just being, you know, in the clinical space with people. Um, and there are a lot of arguments for people to say, well, you know, there's not time to do it. I get that. I get that. But how cool is it when you've had teeth removed and your oral surgeon calls you that night and asks you how you're doing? It's important that you are able to talk to the person who is going to provide you care. So to me, that's, that's something that I know that changes people's experiences that we talk. We meet on the phone first when you call asking to set up your first consultation. Hmm. That's important to me. You just gave them a million dollars worth of advice. It's totally free. Take it and run with it. Please. And share it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are so grateful that you keep coming back. We really are. We hope that you feel that we're investing in you because we are. I feel invested in by you, Dr. Carroll. Uh, I am invested. I'm in it. I'm in yeah. it to win it. Yeah, absolutely. Grateful that we're here. I am uh, Jonathan Carroll. I am Nathan Morris. This is You'll Die Trying, a podcast. Until next time. Bye. Bye.